Welcome to the inaugural episode of Hero Rob Forever Alone, where I sit by myself in a room and play RPGs by myself, tabletop RPGs, no less. This is the epitome of Forever Alone. It's all good. Don't worry. I'm not sad about it. <laughs> so, uh, today, uh, we'll do Iron Sworn because it's actually supposed to be, um, either GMless or solo. It's made to be specifically used that way instead of using like a GM emulator or, um, that kind of thing. Um, oracles. Well, I mean, it's got an oracle in it, but you kind of need... Anyway, the point is, I've got most of the character rolled up. Uh, his name is going to be Coldroth, because that's a pretty sweet name. It's a uh, sort of vaguely medieval setting, and uh, there was a bunch of people in this normal medieval low fantasy, maybe high fantasy, it's hard to say, setting when something happened and they all left and now they're in the Ironlands which suck and you're there and you get to do stuff and there's not really currency and stuff there so it's mostly barter and favors and stuff okay so the character I've rolled up which is Coldroth because it's a cool sounding name for cool folk who have done cool things. Guy comes up to you and says, Coldroth, who's that? And you're like, oh man, I don't know, but he's a badass. Anyway, I'm doing the Grim stat variant, which means that I get low stats, and I'm probably going to die relatively quickly. But it should be fun in the meantime, because every time you do death, it's fun. <laughs> so edge is the first stat which is the rule book describes it as quickness agility and prowess in ranged combat i have one it's not good uh heart is the second stat courage willpower empathy sociability and loyalty i have one it's not good iron physical strength endurance aggressiveness and prowess in close combat i have zero that's really bad. That's not good at all. I'm not going to be able to punch anybody. That's for sure. Shadow. Sneakiness, deceptiveness, and cunning. I have a three in shadow. So I'm, I'm decent. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty shadowy. Look how shadowy Coldroth is. And wits. Expertise, knowledge, and observation. I'm two. I've got two in wits. That's, you know, that's not, nothing to sniff at. Somebody says, describe your yourself describe your wits as if you were a character in a tabletop rpg and they say oh, i'm a two and you're like oh, oh, oh no okay i get you yeah you're not stupid or anything um i've decided that uh you also start with three of these uh i think they're called assets they're these little cards i dropped it and 
they basically are the stand-in for your like character class if this was a different rpg sort of like a pick and mix class kind of system so the three things three uh assets i've got uh this one is pretender which you can upgrade these as you get level ups and stuff but don't worry about that i'll die before that pretender when i establish a false identity roll plus shadow okay so uh the way that mechanics work in this game Almost exclusively, you roll a d6 and two d10s. Wow! You want to roll high on the d6, low on the d10s. D6, you add your relevant stat. In this case, it says roll plus shadow. So I would see here, in this case, I rolled a 3 on the d6. I would add my shadow, which is a 3, and you get 6, which is pretty good. That seems like a good roll, right? Here's the problem. Two d10s. I've got a 1 and a 9. So, you compare your uh, modified d6 roll, which is 3, plus my shadow, 3, 6, and if you get above, not equal to, but above uh, numbers on the d10s, that's good. If you don't get equal to either of them, that's a total miss, and you fuck up, and all sorts of shit is gonna happen, it'll say. Uh, if you get better than 1, that's a weak hit, you accomplish what you wanna do, but bad shit still happens. You just can't get away from the bad shit. And uh, if you get greater on the D modified D6 roll than both the D10s, then you get a strong hit, which is the only time good things happen ever in your life. And in the game. <laughs> uh, so, back to Pretender, my asset. When you establish a false identity, roll plus shadow. On a strong hit, you may leverage this identity and make moves to deceive or influence others. When you do, add plus two. If you roll a one on your action die <clears throat> using your false identity, the action die is the d6. If you roll a one on your action die when using false identity, someone doubts you. They say, hmm, doubt. In the exact style of, uh, what's his name? In in Investigator Cole, 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 whatever his name was, in uh, L.A. Noir. Doubt. He doubts you. And then you get up on the table and smack him. And you're like, I just said, I just said, I didn't think he was, I wasn't sure about that. I didn't mean for you to go out and smack the man. And it turns out you arrested the wrong murderer. Getting back on target. Make appropriate moves to reassure them or prevent them from revealing the truth. On a weak hit, add plus one instead of plus two. So basically, I can impersonate other people, and I'm pretty good at it, because uh, I have a high shadow. Two other, so that's my first asset, Pretender. Second asset I have, Cutthroat. When I wield a dagger or knife, which, luckily, I start off with... I'm going to start off with, uh, let's say... I'm going to say like a medieval scalpel or something. Maybe I was a doctor. Maybe I killed a doctor and snack, snack. Anyway, we'll get to it. When I wield a dagger or knife, when you're in a position to strike and on a, an unsuspecting foe, choose one before rolling. Add plus two to the roll and take plus one momentum on a hit. Momentum is a resource. I'll talk about it when we get to it. Inflict plus or... So I can either take plus two to the roll and plus and gain plus one momentum if I hit, or just do two extra harm, which is quite a lot. Because unless you got a big son of a bitch in weapon, you do one damage whenever you hit. 
you get a big son of a bitchin' weapon, you could do two damage. So th this would add two extra damage, so that would put me up to three damage just for smacking him once with a sneaky snack. Sneaky sneaky. So I got Pretender Asset, Cutthroat Asset, and the third asset I got is Awakening. It's a ritual, which is some kind of magical ritual. When you create a simulacrum, which I will do, envision the process and materials, then roll plus heart. See, that's the bad part. I ain't got a good heart. I got one. I got a plus one to that roll. Not gonna go well. On a strong hit, which is, like I said, I get better on the modified d6 roll than both of the d10s. Not likely. Your creation is given unnatural life. If you make a move using the simulacrum to assault or overcome an obstacle through strength or intimidation, add plus two. See, that'll be good, because I ain't got much strength or intimidation, because my iron is zero. It has three health and suffers harm as appropriate for, uh, uh, you know, reference, I have five health, which is what everyone starts at. Every, all PCs start at five health. Uh, my Simulacum has three health and suffers harm as appropriate, but is not a companion and may not be healed. Companions are specific kinds of things that you get, which are these assets, but I chose not to use any of them. At zero health, it is dead, the Simulacum. On a weak hit, as above, if you roll a 1 on your action die when aided by your simulacrum, it will betray you or turn on you, at least as a formidable foe. Formidable is just a level of difficulty of things that are trying to kill you. Uh, and those all can be upgraded to do other things, but I don't really want to spend all the time talking about all the things they could possibly be when I'm going to die anyway. Uh... So, the next thing to do, before I finish uh, character creation, which would involve uh, dis deciding what my bonds are, which bonds are just characters or organizations or, you know, things like that that I have a connection to that I get bonuses when I deal certain things with them. And some vows. And vows are basically like quests. Basically, in this setting... You touch a piece of iron, and there's a thing you do, ritual, you know, it's vague on how you do it, because you're supposed to, you know, come with, come up with it on the fly, and there's going to be different cultural things in the different places that you go to in the Iron Lands. You touch a piece, but the, the, the simple version is, you touch a piece of iron, and you make a vow, and you have to complete that. That is, you are just, like, sworn to do that. You are iron sworn to do that. And, uh, that's kind of you know, a structure to build your uh, story around, provided you don't die before that. Uh, and I figured that I would go through the world-building part of the Session Zero kind of thing before I get into uh, my bonds and vows, so I got a little bit of, uh, you know, something to latch onto in this world. So, we'll go through the world-building here. So. Starts off, the old world. Here's my options. The savage clans called the Skuld invaded the kingdoms of the old world. Our armies fell. Most were killed or taken into slavery. Those who escaped set sail aboard anything that would float. After an arduous, months-long voyage, 
The survivors made landfall upon the Iron Islands. Uh, I don't really care for that too much. It might be cool, but I kind of wanted the uh, the background threat of this sort of uh, world to be something that's very uh, otherworldly and ominous, but could be, you know, mundane. And then I kind of want it to unfold from there and uh, the investigations to lead to is it really something crazy, otherworldly, eldritch, monstrosity stuff, or is it just appear that way because this is fucking ye olden times and people don't know how to, you know, it's the game of telephone. This guy says that, and this guy says some people got all crazy and attacked us, and this side the guy said, oh, a bunch of crazies did a bunch of crazy stuff, and they were eating and murdering each other, and then like... 10 people down the line, you've got demons and... Anyway, that's one of the options. I don't like it. Second option. The sickness moved like a horrible wave across the old world, killing all in its path. Thousands fled aboard ships. However, the plague could not be outrun. On many ships, the disease was contained through ruthless measures, tossing overboard any who exhibited the slightest symptom. Other ships were forever lost. In the end, those who survived the Ironlands and made it to their new home. Those who survived found the Ironlands and made it to their new home. Some say we will forever be cursed by those we left behind. See that? I like that one. That one so far I, I like because uh, not only is it, is it got uh, that the thing I said about the plague could be totally mundane that could be totally otherworldly and fucked up uh but there's a lot of plot hooks that you could go with that there's obviously the disease itself uh there's uh people that were uh killed on the ships and there's you know this uh the people who killed the people on the ship so you've got people who might have survived when they actually weren't diseased. You've got people that are living with the guilt of killing people that they that might not have been diseased. You've got all these uh, these ships that were forever lost. What if they show up one day? What if we find wreckage of them? See, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I think I might go with that one. But there's a third option. The old world could no longer sustain us. We were too large in number. We had felled the forests. Our crops withered in the barren ground. The cities and villages overflowed with desperate, hungry people. Petty kings battled for scraps. We cast our fate to the sea and found the Ironlands. A new world. A fresh start. I like that, too. I like that, too. It's got a real, uh, like, human, natural feel to why this would happen. Um... Rather than a big, you know, dramatic, oh, disease came and just fucking wiped out everybody and it's super horrible and it was this one specific thing. Whereas this is more of a a natural buildup and consequence kind of thing. That's nice. And I think if I didn't already have this idea in mind of vague, possibly otherworldly threats, I would go with that one. But I'm going with the disease one. So that's why we're in the Ironlands. There's a horrible disease, and it wiped out gazillions of people. Uh, a bunch of people got murdered on the way, uh, on the Ironland, on the 
the voyage to the Iron Lands because people were terrified of catching such a plague. And uh, some ships just got lost. There's a lot of good plot elements there. I like that. We'll do that one. Okay, second question is uh, about the Iron Lands itself. First option. The imposing hills and mountains of the Iron Lands are rich in iron ore. Most prized of all is the star-forged black iron. That's, that's, that's fine, I guess. It's not very interesting. But everything doesn't have to be interesting. I don't want to overload it. Well, let's just see what's up. Second one. The weather is bleak. Rain and wind sweep in from the ocean. The winters are long and bitter. One of the first settlers complained, Only those made of iron dare live in this foul place. And thus our land was named. That's pretty sick. I like that one. That's why it was called the Iron Lands. That's kind of what I assumed why it was called the Iron Lands, not because it was filled with iron. But, uh, yeah, I like that. Okay, third option. Inscrutable metal pillars are found throughout the land. I already like this one a lot. They are iron gray and smooth as river stone. No one knows their purpose. Some say they are as old as the world. Some, such as the iron priests, worship them and swear vows upon them. Most make the warding sign and hurry along their way when they happen to cross one. The pillars do not tarnish, and even the sharpest blade cannot mark them. Now, why you have to go and make two awesome ones there? The shitty weather one and inexplicable metal pillars that are just there and that can't be damaged and that just are there and are just... Yep, that's the one we gotta go with. Crazy metal pier pillars that just come out and who knows how old they are, who knows why they're there, who knows... That's what I like. That's exactly the kind of thing I'm going for. That's the, uh, that's the, uh, the border there between could be totally mundane, natural occurrence, or it might be super fucked up, weird, otherworldly shit. Next question. Legacies. First option. We are the first humans to walk these lands. Uh, that's neat. I don't know. Maybe. Second option. Other humans sailed here from the old world untold years ago, but all that is left of them is a savage, feral people we call the Broken. Is their fate to become our own? See, that's good. That's good. Because it does play into that same border that I want of... Did they just go fucking uh, feral because, you know they starved to death and there wasn't enough fucking structure and order around for them to latch onto that they just fucking went crazy in this weird you know wilderness area or is there some specific thing that caused them to lose their goddamn minds i like that one so far third option before the ironlanders before even the firstborn another people lived here their ancient ruins are found throughout the ironlands I like that one. Uh, for the record, Firstborn, uh, I believe it's uh, the, like, elves and giants and the old, old mythical creatures and stuff. <sighs> See, they both have that border thing, because the third, this third one also, it's like, another people lived here. 
it could have just been, you know, random people. It could have just been the native inhabitants that, you know, split off from wherever we were from a bazillion years ago when the, the continents shifted. Uh, it could just be that they were some kind of cultist people that teleported here from beyond another dimension. Who knows? Uh, I think I'm going to go with, though... The second one with there's, uh, nah, let's go with the third one. That's the one I want. I'm I'm not going to fool myself. Crazy people have lived here before. Who knows when? Who knows why? And that ties it. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'll be fine. I'm just going to make a decision and go with it. There's ancient ruins throughout the Ironlands from people that were before even from the firstborn the elves and giants and mythical creatures. Yeah, we'll go with that. It'll be fine. So, next, communities. First option, we are few in number in this accursed land. Most rarely have contact with anyone outside our own small steading or village, and strangers are viewed with deep suspicion. That's pretty good. It's simple, but I like it. Second option. We live in communities called circles. These settlements ranging inside these are settlements ranging in size from a steading with a few families to a village of several hundred. Some circles belong to nomadic folk. Some powerful circles might include a cluster of settlements. We trade and sometimes feud with other circles. I like that. Because it's a little weird if you have, like, just barely enough people to have, like, a tiny little hamlet just scattered around because it's like, how do these people reproduce? You know, they don't have access to anything but their own children and brothers and sisters. And uh, while that is an issue that could be explored, it's not one I'm interested in exploring in this particular time. A uh, weird uh, hillbilly incest uh, medieval humans. Not really interested in that. Okay, third option. We have forged the Iron Lands into a home. Villages within the havens are connected by well-trod roads. Trade caravans travel between the settlements in the havens and those in outlying regions. Even so, much of this land is untamed. Nope, no way. I'm going with the second one. There are communities called circles, which might be a little tiny hamlet, might be a, you know, a few hundred people, might be several towns, like, kind of smooshed together. That's the one we're going with. I don't want it too, too explored. I want this still to be, you know, the Wild West here. Okay, next uh, question, leaders. First option. Leadership is as varied as the people. Some communities are governed by the head of a powerful family, or they have a council of elders who make decisions and settle disputes. In others, the priests hold sway. For some, it is duels in the circle that decide. Eh, it's a little more chaotic than I want. I mean, I want it pretty chaotic, but that sounds like, you know, just fucking madness. I want towns to actually matter 
Okay, second option. Each of our communities has its own leader, called an overseer. Every seventh spring, people affirm their current overseer or choose a new one. Some overseers wear the iron circlet reluctantly, while others thirst for power and gain it through schemes or threats. See, that seems good, because that's that balance of... Uh, well, it's kind of a total fucking, uh, despotism, but there is some means of, uh, you know, representation, but it's almost certainly going to be ridiculously abused power in 99.9% .9 of all places. So one I like so far. Third option, numerous clan chiefs rule over petty domains. Most are intent on becoming the one true king. Their squabbles will be our undoing. No. No, we're going with the second one. I like that one. The one where every seventh spring we vote for a new executive decision maker. Next question, defense. First option, here in the Ironlands, supplies are too precious and the lands are too sparsely populated to support organized fighting forces. When a community is threatened, the people stand together to protect their own. I like that, because it's like the, the resources are too, too spread too thin, and there's not enough people because of the plague that wiped them all out, to really, uh, you know do much, which is going to cause a lot of, uh, ooh, bumping the mic, it's going to do a lot of, uh, conflict and stuff, but when something, like, big is happening, it's like, well, it's obvious that our survival depends on us working together, so, okay, fuck, fuck fighting for ten goddamn seconds, and we'll fucking all work together to blast the shit out of whatever the hell this, uh, horrible threat is. And then, <clears throat> once that's dealt with, fuck you again, and I'm going to stab you in the neck. That's the one I like so far, but we've only read one. Second option, the warders are our soldiers, guards, and militia. They serve their communities by standing sentry, patrolling surrounding lands, and organizing defenses in times of crisis. Most have strong ties to their community. Others, called free wardens, are wandering mercenaries who hire on to serve a community or protect caravans. Actually, I like that one too. Mostly, I didn't like it until we got to the part with the free wardens because it reminds me of like a roving samurai in like a feudal Japan. What is that? Ronin is a samurai without master that you can... Uh, Kind of like the Seven Samurai. It gives me a Seven Samurai Kurosawa kind of feel, and I like that a lot. And I kind of like the idea of my character being a roving free warden. That's the one I like so far. Third option. Our war bands are rallied to strike at our enemies and defend our holdings. Though not nearly as impressive as the armies that once marched across the old world, these forces are well trained and equipped as their communities can manage. The banners of the war bands are adorned with depictions of the old world history, Ironland victories. No way. That's way too nice. That's way too nice. We're going with the second one. And the uh, There's like a sort of 
There's enough. There's enough people and resources that there are guards and militia and stuff, and uh, free wardens, but not enough that they're like, oh, we've got big fucking fortresses and shit, and we're equipped, and uh, we've got fucking all these uh, memories of our ancient past. It's like, no, fuck that, no. It's not that nice. It's shittier than that. Next question is about mysticism. First option. Some still find comfort in the old ways. They call on mystics to divine the fortunes of their newborn or to ask them to perform rituals to invoke a bountiful harvest. Others act out of fear against those who they suspect of having power. However, most folk believe true magic, if it ever existed, is lost to us now. That's... that's fine. That's neat. That, that seems good enough. Second option. Magic is rare and dangerous, but those few who wield the power are truly gifted. See, I like that, but I've already given myself a magical ability, and I don't want myself to be like the super badass, ultra cool magic user, one in a million, nobody else has it. I don't want to be the super baddest ass badass. Oh, well, I probably won't be because I got shit stats because I'm playing super hard man iron difficulty. Anyway, third option. Magic courses through this land as the rivers flow through the hills. The power is there for those who choose to harness it, and even the common folk often know a helpful ritual or two. Now, 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 now. Let's go with the first one. Uh, some people are like, oh, yes, yeah, so come over here. Mm mystic lady mystic man and you know tell the tell me the luck of and the fortune and whom my my progeny will grow into be and what's gonna kill him and now i gotta walk him inside for fear that that turtle's gonna eat him like that weird guy said while he was high on peyote but most people don't believe magic i like that one yep that's what we're gonna do next question is religion First option, a few Ironlanders still make signs or mumble prayers out of habit or tradition, but most believe that the gods long ago abandoned us. Eh, that's okay, I guess. Second option, the people honor old gods and new. In this harsh land, a prayer is a simple but powerful comfort. Maybe, I don't know. Third option, our gods are many. They make themselves known through manifestations and miracles. Some say they even secretly walk among us. The priests convey the will of the gods and hold sway over many communities. Um, let's go with the second one. People honor old gods anew, but... No, no, no. Let's go with the uh, the first one. Some people still do prayers and sings and, uh, you know, uh, traditions, but it's mostly just out of habit, and most people don't believe the gods help us anymore. No, because we got totally fucked, and so that would not drive people away from religion, because that would make them feel more powerless. They would drive them to religion. So let's go with the second one. People honor gods old and new, and, uh... You know, a prayer is a symbol of powerful comfort. Yeah, let's do that one. Next question. Firstborn, which is, like I said, the elves and the 
the elves and the orcs and uh, giant, not orcs, but elves and giants and all sorts of mystical, mythical creatures. First option, the firstborn have passed into legend. Some say the remnants of the old tribe still dwell in deep forests or high mountains. Most believe they were never anything more than myth. I like that one. Because that plays into that whole border between mundane, uh, you know, they're just things that were here before, natural occurrences, or they're totally magical, mystical, weird, otherworldly things. Second option. The firstborn live in isolation and are fiercely protective of their own lives. That one's not bad either. Third option. Firstborn hold sway in the Iron Lands. The elves of the deep forests and the giants of the hills tolerate us and even trade with us for now. Ironlanders fear the day they decide they we are no longer welcome here. I don't like that one. I think we're going to the first one where there might still be some firstborn around, but nobody ever sees them, and most people think that they weren't ever here. And, uh, oh, that does some interesting things because uh, there was also a people that lived here before the firstborn that I picked, and they're all dead. And it's like, what caused all these races to be wiped out? This is getting some interesting plot elements here. Okay, beasts. The beasts of old... First option. The beasts of old are nothing but legend. A few who travel into the deep forests and high mountains re return with wild tales of monstrous creatures. But they are obviously delusional. No such things exist. Mm, that's not bad. Second option. Monstrous beasts stalk the wild areas of the Ironlands. Uh, okay. That's... Anyway, thir third option. Beasts of all sorts roam the Ironlands. They dwell primarily in the reaches, but range into settled lands to hunt. There, they often prey on cattle, but attacks on travelers, caravans, or even settlements are not uncommon. Let's, uh, let's do monstrous beasts stalk the wild areas of the Ironlands, because that's sort of middle ground between nobody believes there's any beasts anywhere, and beasts in the other extreme of, there's just beasts just fucking raiding settlements left and right. Uh, ooh, last question. Horrors. First option, nothing but stories to frighten children. Yeah, right, get real, we're not doing that one. Second option, we are wary of the dark forests and deep waterways, for monsters lurk in those places. In the depths of the long night, when all is wreathed in darkness, only fools venture beyond their holes. I like that one. I like that one. Third option. The dead do not rest in the Ironlands. At night, we light torches, scatter salt, and post sentries at the gate. It is not active. They are coming. Uh, let's... Those both... The second and third ones kind of seem pretty much the same, except that the third option seems to be concentrated more on undead. And, well, I guess the third option also implies that uh, the horrors are 
actively encroaching on civilization, whereas the second one's like, well, you're probably safe if you're at home. Uh, let's go with the second one. I mean, you know, that way we've got a place to escalate to. Uh, obviously I plan on, if I live long enough, to see the story, to see the point where, well, the monsters are on the loose and they're coming for you. <laughs> but, uh, I don't want to start it there. So that's all for the world building. That's pretty cool. I like that. Last thing to do is establish some bonds and vows. And the vows are just uh, basically things that I want to do. Basically what I want this story to be about. And the uh, bonds are just going to be things that my character is attached to. So, let's see here. Give me a second. Okay, let's just roll up some stuff here. So, uh, what kind of character am I going to have a bond to? Uh, 69, which on the oracle says, a herder. An animal herder, eh? Okay, what kind of animal herder should it be? I think uh, this person herds uh goats i think they brought goats from the old land and that's that's sort of um that's sort of uh because the animals here are all fucking beastly monstrous fucks or are they there aren't animals here that most people see at all but some people say there are beastly monstrous fucks so what kind of person is he 15 this animal herder that I have an attachment to is bold. He's big old. He doesn't give a fuck. You know, every once in a while, some of his fucking goats uh, go fucking get fucking torn apart in the middle of the night. That's happened like three times in his life. They're just fucking ripped to shreds. And he's always like, God damn, pieces of shit, drunk son of bitches, come in here and grab my goat. I'm going to, if I catch him, I'm going to rip his goddamn cock off. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's give him a name, shall we? This uh, bold goat herder goes by the name 42. He goes by the name Leo. Okay, Leo the Goat Herder. Uh, he lives in a town out and about. You know, out. Uh, he lives in a town. Let's let's get a town. How about that? Um. Let's see. Settlement, settlement, settlement. He lives in the town of Bleak. Uh, Bleak Mark. Well, that's a shit name. Let's go with uh, Bleak Hollow. That's a lot better. Leo, Goat Herder from Bleak Hollow. Get that written down. Bleak Hollow. It's this. Uh, it's uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sizable town of you know, a good seventy people. Uh, and it's, uh, it's along these, uh, these cliffs, right? These cliffs on the southern border. I've got a map here. The cliffs on the southern border 
like way up on the cliffs and there's these sheer drops straight into the ocean and uh because it's so fucking windy and shit they they build these uh big like rows of houses that are all stuck together and have all the same you know they all support the houses all support each other that way the fucking winds don't just blow them straight off into the cliff but problem is right off away from the cliff this is a big fucking forest that's been encroaching on and they just don't have <clears throat> the 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 trees are like iron bark and the goddamn they're but when you uh, chop them down they're fucking wet so it's even hard to burn the shit so they got to stay over on the cliffs here where they can uh, actually get some flat even ground so that's uh, Leo the goat herder from Bleak Hollow. Let's go with uh, another person. Who is that? I've got another bond to 35. A priest! That's a weird thing. I don't think this guy's going to be your average everyday priest. This priest is cruel. Huh. Why do I have a bond with a cruel priest? I think this priest is less of a, you know, established church priest and more of a, uh, especially since most people are a religious, are not religious. I think this priest is more of a cult leader. Not a cult leader in the sense of like, you know, Lovecraftian cult, but in like a, in like a, uh, you know, a weird uh, Scientology kind of cult where it's more about uh, uh, manipulating people and uh, gaining power rather than actually being some kind of weird worship thing. And I think uh, this cult, they worship, uh, they worship the, the, the ocean. Yeah. What else we got here? What's this guy's name? We need a name for this guy. This uh, weird cult leader guy. Um, this cult leader's name is Ellie. Okay, she's a cult leader. Okay, Ellie. Ellie the cult leader. Ellie the cruel cult leader. And I think, uh, <clears throat> maybe I grew up in this cult because, uh, my mom was in it when she gave birth to me, and I was, uh, uh we were at odds, old... Ellie and I, and Ellie, uh, realized eventually that, uh, fighting me being, uh, you know, a, a non-believer in questioning this shit was not practical, and eventually just started filling me in and bringing me into the loop and being like, all right, uh, Will. Here's a position of power if, you know, you say these things and, you know, start, oh, you know, convincing some of the people that you've gotten connections to because you say that you don't believe. But now, suddenly, when you do, yeah, that's what happened. And I think Ellie was, uh, was in Bleak Hollow, too. I don't think uh, Leo was a member of the cult. I think that's why I liked him. Because he was like, Hey, goddamn fucking weirdos. You're probably the ones ripping up my goats, you drunk pieces of shit. Yeah, that's old Leo. That's how he do. Alright, we got that. Now the vows. 
So, what are some vows? It's got some suggestions, and uh, there was one I was thinking about. So I think for this first vow, <clears throat> you're supposed to start with two, one of them more long-term and one more short-term. I think for this vow, uh, I think my, my, my sort of uh, status is, as the cult, in, a member of the cult is, uh, what was the name of the cult? Uh, the, um, the Order of the Green Dawn, because when the, uh, over on the south side of the, of the cliff, down by the cliffs on the south side of the peninsula there, when the, the sun comes rising up in the east, the, uh, the sea on that side is, uh, really, really, uh, discolored, and, uh, the the when it first starts coming up on, on the horizon, at first it just is reflected uh, green off the water. So uh, since they worship a kind of weird oceanic kind of uh, deity, not really a deity so much as uh, oceanic ideals and stuff. They're the Order of the Green Dawn. Let's see. Um, my my sort of role was to see. I'm a pretender. I pretend to be uh, one of those free wardens, the sort of wandering uh, mercenaries, and I go around and work, uh, I try to find uh, and survive and make it to another town and work as a free warden for a while there, getting paid. But my main pro thing was, because I'm not very good at fighting folk, is actually just convincing people and deceiving them into uh, coming along down to cool Bleak Hollow, because... Let me tell you, we need uh, some new members, we need some breeding material, we need some fresh uh, working hands, we need all this kind of stuff. And I don't frame it that way, but yeah, let's uh, and get more people can, uh, converted to the cult here. Which, uh, I think I'm, uh, I, I, I don't care for it too much, but it is the only thing I know how to do. And I think uh, when I was on my way over to another uh, another one of those circles, which are like the town things, uh, 72, I was over to a place called, it was over to a place called Lost, Lost Ridge. I was over to a place called Lost Ridge and I found uh, a, a, one of these free wardens that I, I am... I'm sort of aware of, and uh, I do have a sort of tight bond with a lot of the free wardens. Um, not enough to be an actual bond on the character sheet, but enough that you know I I don't I don't hate I you know I feel comfortable in the presence of other wardens, and uh, she tells me that there's that there's uh, some shit going down over in uh, Lost Ridge, and that. It's bad, and that uh, the uh, the the executive decide decision maker who wears the iron circlet, uh, he publicly executed a few people who were against him when he was, you know, this is right before the spring. This is in the, uh, well, this is probably in the summer now by the time I'm getting this information, but, you know, before the spring was, he had publicly executed some folk that were against him when he, uh, you know, for his sort of 
electoral mayoral running campaign and so it freaked a lot of people out because people didn't want to die and uh they, they voted him back in but now he's been sort of doing crazy shit and murdering folk and this is where i got a lot of uh my cult recruits so this is this is just not gonna fly this is just killing people when they need to be put to work doing stuff that's helpful to me makes me money and so i swore a vow to uh depose leader of lost ridge I'd say that's a formidable vow. Because the options are troublesome, dangerous, formidable, extreme, and epic. And this isn't a big town, so it's just formidable. Okay, next, uh, more of a short-term goal is, uh, you know, find some recruits for... The Order of the Green Dawn. That's a little easier. Okay. That'll be a uh, dangerous, not necessarily troublesome, but dangerous. Okay. I think we've got everything set up, and that's session zero. Uh, if we need anything else, that is neat. But uh, that should be good. Next time, we'll actually... Start with playing the game. Won't that be fun? Session one. Next year on Hero Rob Forever Alone. Bye.